This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're finishing up our sermon series through Paul's letter to the Philippians, and so I'm going to focus on Philippians chapter 4. I'll read starting verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we need you. We can't get through any of this, any of the stuff that's going on. We can't be content. We can't endure it without you. And so lead us to rely on you, to submit to you, to trust in you. Uh, Speak to us through your word this morning and don't let anything that I'm doing get in the way of your spirit. In your name we pray, amen. How are you coping with all of the changes? It seems like Every day there is a new change, a new crisis that that challenges our normal way of life. We felt that as a church a few months ago when when the pandemic really was was spreading and we were were told that we needed to shut down in-person worship and we had to move everything online, that was a big change for us. And then as we were allowed to open up, partially open up, we, we, we had to find all the different ways that we could change to partially open up with social distancing and then all the cleaning procedures. And now with the mask mandate last Thursday, now that's just another change that we're going through. That's what we felt here as a church. How about you and your personal life? If you're a business owner, uh, what's that meant for your business? How, the, how are the ways that you've had to uh, change and adapt? Maybe you probably have had to change your whole business model or maybe shut down. If you're an employee, maybe you had to work now virtually or at home. That's a big change. If you're an educator, you're scrambling out right now trying to figure out, are you going to teach in person or online? Or a little bit of both. If you're a parent, you're trying to figure out, am I going to be uh, having school at home? Or am I taking my kids to school? Or am I going to teach them at home? All these different changes. So how are you coping with all of the changes? I don't think I'm coping very well. Last Thursday when the mask mandate came out, I was in the middle of, of finishing up writing up this sermon and I heard about this mask mandate and however you think about the mask mandate, it just was another thing to have to process and think about. And I didn't cope very well. I, I, I ran to Facebook as a coping mechanism and, and looked at all the different comments about how people were responding to the mask mandate and trying to find people with opinions that backed up my perspective as a way to cope. How about you? What do you use as a way of coping with all the crisis? Are, 
What kind of fight or flight response do you have? Are you more kind of a fight person? That when uh, another crisis comes out, you kind of go into fight mode where, where now you try to get all the information, check all the news reports, uh, try to gather all the information and try to work harder to control an uncontrollable situation? Or maybe you're the kind of person who, who flights. You run away from it, and so you, you dive into all the distractions of social media or, or other things that you can find on your phone. Maybe you, you kind of distract yourself with food or alcohol or, or maybe endless entertainment on Netflix just to kind of numb your brain, or maybe it's even pornography. Where do you go? Where, how do you cope with all the changes? Well, as followers of Jesus... We are called not just to cope, not just to cope, but even to be content in any situation. And that's why we're continuing our sermon series. We're going to finish this sermon series today called Finding Joy. It's not finding a new coping mechanism, finding a way to cope. It's actually finding joy. And and we believe that we can find joy, find contentment. So the question that we want to answer this morning is, what is the secret to being content in any situation? What is the secret to being content in any situation? Answer that question. We're going to go back to Paul's letter to the Philippians. If you remember, he's writing this letter from a Roman prison to his church in Macedonia in the city of Philippi that he started and, and let's see how he closes down this letter. As we've, we've looked at this letter throughout this series, now we're going to close down. And, and he reminds us why he wrote the letter in the first place. This is what he says. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but had no opportunity to show it. So remember why Paul's writing this letter? He's rejoicing in the Lord. He's thanking God because they were concerned about him. And they weren't just thinking about him. They did something about it. They sent a man named Epaphroditus with some kind of gift to take care of Paul's needs while he was in prison. And so Paul is writing a thank you letter to the Philippians saying, I thank God that you have renewed your concern for me. I thank God that you're taking care of me because being in a Roman prison is not like being in a five-star hotel. They're not giving him three square meals a day. He needs, uh, he's depending on the gifts of his congregations to take care of him. And so he's thankful for that. But he's not writing this thank you letter with, in an insincere way. You know, sometimes you might give a donation to an organization and they get a thank you letter in the mail and you think, they're just writing that thank you letter to solicit more funds, right? That's not what Paul is doing here. Paul is not writing an insincere letter saying, hey, could you send some more gifts? In fact, he says, "Um, I am not saying this because I am in need. I am not saying this because I'm in need. That's a pretty remarkable statement. Paul's saying, I'm really saying thank you to you guys. I am very thankful and and I'm sincerely thankful for what God is doing in your life and I'm not doing it because I want more from you. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I don't need anything else. Really, Paul? You don't need anything? Paul's saying, I don't need anything from you guys. I'm okay. I really am okay. And why can he say this? I don't need anything from you because he said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content 
whatever the circumstances. Now that word content, the Greek word, autalkres, it's a word that means more than just being content or satisfied. It almost has this idea of being self-sufficient. Almost like, like Teflon, you know, this idea of, of he's not going to let his circumstances change his feelings. He's not going to be so reliant on his circumstances. He's not going to let, he's, he's not in kind of like a roller coaster ride of emotions. Like whatever the ups and downs of his life are, that's the ups and downs of his emotions. He's not like a, a raft out in the open sea that whatever the news says today, that's where my emotions are going. That's where my feelings are going. Paul says, I am content. I'm, I'm autocrace. I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I'm, I'm satisfied no matter what the circumstances. And Paul had plenty of circumstances. He, he mentions them briefly here. He says, I know it is to be in need and I know it is to have plenty. That's just a brief statement. I, I know need and I know plenty. But when we go to Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he gives us a little bit more background, what it was like for Paul. Uh, here's a day in the life of Paul. This is what Paul experienced. He, he explains to us, he says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and or night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the, in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false prophets. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked, and besides everything else, I face the daily pressures of my concern for all the churches. And you thought you were having a bad day. Paul says, I've experienced all of this. I, I, I know what it is to have need. I know what it is to be in plan. I know the extremes of, I, I know what it's like to be in 2020, right? I know this experience. I, I have the full experience, the full spectrum of circumstances. And here's what he's learned through experience. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul says, I've learned a secret. Does he have your attention yet? I want to know that secret. I, Paul revealed to me the secret because I don't know what's going to happen next. Right? I don't know what, what, what could possibly change again in 2020. I don't know what the next crisis is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know the circumstances that are going to happen tomorrow. I want to know the secret. Does he have your attention yet? Are you listening? Here it is. Here's the secret. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That's a pretty good translation. I don't know how much you know background of translation, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. And the Bible doesn't change 
but translations do because language changes. You know, we don't speak Shakespearean English. Uh, English language has changed, and so you always need to have updated English translations. And so the, the original uh, New International Version, which m- many of us grew up with, had a little different translation in 1984. Do you remember what it was? Some of you grew up maybe in the Christian church have heard this verse before. It went something like this. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's kind of misleading because Paul couldn't do everything. He couldn't leave prison. He couldn't travel. Sometimes you hear uh, athletes say this. You know, Steph Curry put this on his shoe with this contract with Under Armour. Uh, Philippians Uh, 4.13, I can do everything, but the thing is, I can't dribble like Steph Curry, no matter how much I trust in Jesus, right? And so this verse is not saying I can reach all my goals because you know what? We're living in a time of limitation right now. We can't do everything that we want. And so that's why I really appreciate uh, the the NIV 11 translation here, translating 2011, because I think this is a little more accurate to the situation, the context, the Greek. I can do all this. I can do all this through him, through Christ who gives me strength. What is the this? I can be content. I can endure it. I can take whatever God is allowing to come into my life. I can endure all this and be content no matter what the situation. That helps us answer our original question What is the secret to being content in any situation? What is the secret? We can be content through Christ who gives us strength. That's the first point. We can be content through Christ who gives us strength. You want to have that up there? We can be content through Christ who gives us strength. Now that's truth. That's the, that's the, 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 The inspired word of God, we can be content through Christ who gives us strength. Now, if that's the truth, if that's the inspired word of God, I just read it to you out of the Bible, that's the truth. We can be content through Christ who gives me strength. Why am I struggling to be content? Why is my life like this emotional roller coaster? Why why with every new announcement, every new crisis, why do I struggle to be content? And here's why I think I struggle. Because my coping mechanisms keep me from Christ. My coping mechanisms keep me from Christ. When that announcement came out on Thursday, I ran to Facebook first. And it gave me enough distraction to be a coping mechanism, but this distraction, this coping mechanism, keeps me from Christ. And so I knew that that Friday had to be different than Thursday, especially if I'm coming to preach on this, right? I'm going to try to figure out how this works. So I did something on Friday that I was doing a long time ago, and, 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 and I just kind of got out of this habit. I turned off my phone Thursday night, and I didn't turn it on Friday morning. Because I didn't want to give an opportunity. I needed to restructure my day so that I didn't have that easy access to that coping mechanism. So I kept my phone off, and I, and I didn't eat anything. I didn't want food to be my coping mechanism. I came in here early on Friday morning, and I didn't get right into work because I didn't want work and distraction to be my coping mechanism. I just opened up my Bible to where I was in my daily Bible room, Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Old Testament. And it's a psalm that brings us back to the glory of the Word of God, where it says, you know, your word is a, a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. It's crying out to God, Lord God, teach me. Open my eyes that I would see wonderful things in your word. And it helped me reconnect with Christ. 
And that's what I needed. See, what it means to find your strength in the word, what that means is what, what Jesus tells us in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in you, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what it means to be connected to Christ, that, that Jesus is the vine and we are his branches. And that's what Paul found out. That, that that's what it means to find your strength in Christ. That, that if we're detached from Christ, it's like a branch detached from the vine and we're not going to be able to bear much fruit. We're not going to be able to do the things that God has called us to do. So let me ask you, what's your coping mechanism? What's your coping mechanism? When, when, when the crisis hits, where do you run to cope? Are you a fight person? Are you running to get more information? Are you, are you running to, to, to work harder and try to control an uncontrollable situation? Or are you a flight person? Are you running to distractions? Are, are you running to food or alcohol or pornography or Netflix and, and finding those other ways to cope? And so what we need to do right now is call out that coping mechanism. Call out that coping mechanism. If you want it, the, the person sitting next to you, maybe somebody in your family, maybe tell them, you know, this is the thing I got to stop doing. This is the place I need to stop running. Let them know. Maybe today, right now, or after worship. If you're, you're worshiping online, if you want to be so bold as to say, you know, this is what I struggle with. This is where I run to as a way of accountability. Let's tell somebody. Bring it out into light. Tell somebody that you trust. Tell somebody, you know, say, this is where I run for coping. I need help with this. So call out your coping mechanism. Call out the place that you run to because your coping mechanism is keeping you from Christ. And then reconnect with the vine. Reconnect with Christ. Structure your day. Now, now we do that here. That's why it's so important that we keep this structure of having worship on the weekend, right? We could, we could just do all this online and you guys could check into worship or whatever, but, but to have this time Sunday morning or, or 5 p.m. on Saturday evening or Sunday morning 9 or 10.30, like to have this restructuring that we're going to restructure our weekend to reconnect with Christ, and that's great. We're going to have the Lord's Supper today, those of you who are in person, as a way of reconnecting with Christ and his forgiveness and his acceptance and his love. But what about tomorrow? What things do you need to do right now to restructure your day tomorrow so you don't run quickly to the coping mechanism when the next shoe drops? Restructure your life to be connected to the vine because you can be content in all situations when we are connected to Christ. And what happens when we do? Well, Paul tells us what happens when we do. He, he shows us what happens when we're connected to Christ. At the beginning of this letter to the Philippians, he talks about some of the challenges he had, but, but because he was deeply connected to Christ, he had this kind of view. He said, you know what? Jesus can use that. So for example, he's, he's in chains for the gospel. He's in a Roman prison, and you think this is the worst thing that could happen to a missionary. He can't be traveling. He can't be doing the things that he wants, but because he's deeply connected to Christ, he's finding his contentment in Christ, he says, Jesus can use that. Yeah, I'm in chains for the gospel, and that seems bad, but Jesus can use that. You know what? All of the brothers and sisters are becoming more confident in the Lord because they see me suffering in chains. And guess what? All of Caesar's household's hearing about the gospel too. Jesus can use that. And then later on, he says, you know what? It's true that some people are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry. It seems that some people are trying to steal G uh, Paul's members. And let me tell you, as a pastor, uh, sometimes us pastors can get kind of territorial. 
And if we hear that, you know, our members are following some other pastor, we might, you know, be offended by that. And that was happening to Paul. And Paul says, you know what? Jesus can use that. At least they're hearing the gospel. That's because of how deeply connected he was to Christ. And then, and then we find out later on in chapter one, he, he, he says, you know, I could die in prison. And maybe that seems bad, but you know what? Jesus could use that. I could die and then I'll be with Christ, which is better by far. So whatever it was, Paul was so deeply connected to Christ, he was finding his contentment in Christ that he just looked at everything that Jesus could use that. It makes me think of the story of Corrie Ten Boom and her sister Betsy. Corrie Ten Boom and her sister Betsy um, were Dutch Christians during the Nazi occupation of Denmark, and they were thrown into a concentration camp for hiding Jews in their home. And when they were in the concentration camp, they, they were able to smuggle in a Bible, and they learned how to rely on Christ and find contentment in Christ no matter what the situation. Corey talks about this in her autobiography, The Hiding Place. And Corey actually was a little annoyed with her sister because Betsy relied so much on Jesus it got almost annoying to her sometimes. Because she said, um, Corey, it says here in the Bible to thank God in all circumstances. And so let's do that right now. And Corey's like, really? What can we thank God for in this concentration camp? She said, well, let's thank God that we're together. That's great, right? We could be separated in this concentration camp, but we're, we're together. And, and so thank you, Jesus. And so Corey kind of rolled her eyes and said, okay, thank you, Jesus, that we're in this concentration camp, but we're still together. And then she said, and I thank God that we're so crammed in here with all these other women. We're in this overcrowded barracks because think of how many women are going to hear the gospel uh, because we have this captive audience here in the barracks. And and so Corey kind of rolls her eyes and says, yeah, thank you that we're jam-crammed, stuffed in here in this barracks. And then Betsy says, and thank you, Jesus, for the fleas. And Corey said, that's enough. I am not going to thank God for the fleas. And then a few days later, Corey comes in from working. She comes back to the barracks, and there's Betsy sitting with a big smile on her face. And Corey says, what are you smiling about? She says, Corey, I figured it out. I figured out why the, the Nazi soldiers leave us alone and let us worship and, and praise Jesus and teach the Bible so openly. Corey, it's because of the fleas. The soldiers know that this place is crawling with fleas and they won't come in here and touch it. And, and so the fleas are protecting us. I thank God for the fleas. Jesus can use it all. And, and what would it look like if we as Christians were so connected to Christ, we, we called out our coping mechanisms, we were connected to Christ, and so we looked at everything, a pandemic or whatever else comes next, and we said, Jesus can use that. And there could be wicked and evil and difficult things that come, for, come in the future, and yet we could still look at every single one of it and say, you know what, Jesus can use that. The next news report that comes out, the next thing we see on, online, the next problem we face, we can look and say, Jesus can use that. And the reason we can be so confident is because Jesus looked at a human torture tool, a Roman cross. He looked at that and said, I can use that. I'll use that to conquer death. So you don't need to be afraid to die. I know a lot of people right now with, with all of the pandemic, they're afraid of death. You don't need to be afraid of death because Jesus went into death, the thing that looked so scary and so bad, and Jesus said, I can use that. And he rose from the grave. So you don't need to be afraid anymore. And so as Christians, we don't just need to cope. We can be content through Christ who gives us strength. And so I don't know what's going to happen next week, 
So let's call out those coping mechanisms. Let's restructure our lives to be connected to Christ and his love. And then when the next thing happens, we look at it and say, Jesus can use that. Amen. I want to close with a prayer, and I'll, I'll speak this prayer, and, and you can look at this prayer and, and hopefully internalize this prayer as I read it. Um, I, I want to read this prayer as a way to kind of um, put all this in perspective. It's, it's on the notes section online, and I'm sure we're going to find a way to get it out to you as well. So let's close with this prayer. I'll, I'll speak this, these words. Lord, I know that today events will happen, some good and some bad. Some that are in my control, but most that aren't. I know that these events will trigger thoughts such as, why me? This shouldn't have happened. Poor me. Those thoughts will produce feelings that can either flow from faith or fear. So when these events happen, help me remember that you have promised that you will never leave me or forsake me. That you will work it all out for my eternal good so that I can control and have feelings of contentment and joy with the goal that my behavior brings glory in all that I say and do. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.